Today on the Terrible Warriors, Derek the Bard is back. It's him. He's back. He's still running games. He, he won't leave. He won't leave us alone. He's, he's this is he's another Derek the Bard game. Woo-wee. Oh, boy. Derek the Bard. He's the best. He's the best. What's he playing this time? It just says the strange. It's just... It's, is it a, it's a strange, it, the strange. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek the Bard with his crew from Edmonton with the strange. What's the strange? Good evening, terrible listeners. My name is Derek the Bard from Chasing the Muse, and I will be your GM for this evening again. You're enjoying a month of me. Are you happy? Tonight, we have a treat for you. The Terrible Warriors of Edmonton are bringing you our first episode of our long-form campaign of Monty Cook Games, The Strange. And my strangers, my travelers to the multiverse today, going from my left. Uh, you got uh, Will Mitchell. Uh, Waskin on the 404s. Shane Fitzgerald of Circuit 42. Cameron Dunn of Viral Outbreak Gaming. Excellent. Now... Instead of jumping right into the game this episode, we have a little bit of character generation to bring you, because learning how these guys are fucked up is always amusing. For those of you not familiar with The Strange, each of these PCs has three traits on their sheet. They have a descriptor, an adjective describing themselves. They have a type, which is basically their character class. Uh, vectors are fighters. Your paradoxes are like your mages. Your spinners are like your rogues and your con men and your bards. And they have a focus, which is the area of, well, their focus. I'm going to have these guys go around and read them out. Let's start with Will. Uh, I'm playing a strange paradox who practices medicine. I am a lucky spinner who entertains. I am a tough vector who is licensed to carry. I have all the guns. A poker-faced spinner who negotiates matters of life and death. Now, each of these traits, then, is going to give them a randomized... If you flip to the second page of your character sheets, a random table to go off of. Well, we're going to find out a couple little details about them and about how they interact with each other. So first, Will, let's uh, start with you, and you'll roll your d20, and let's... I got 12, which on my list... Ah, you had a successful career writing stirring greeting cards, but you were let go after one of your causes... One of your cards caused a rash of suicides. Just put a check mark beside that one. Oh, yeah. Big old check. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go, uh... Wes. I rolled lucky number 13. You have traveled all over the world, and during that time, you accumulated quite a collection of strange souvenirs. Ooh. Ooh, ew. Shane? Okay, my turn. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. There are no whammies in this. Eleven. You worked as a small-time operative for the mob until you were caught and served some time in jail, after which you tried to go straight. I really am an 80s cliche in this damn You thing. are. Um, Shane wants his concept to be that he's a cop, so maybe you were an undercover cop then? Yeah, that works. Okay, and Cam. All right. Four. Four? I was hoping for a 10 or a 14. 
you lost one of your parents to alcoholism, he or she may still be alive, but you'd be hard-pressed to find forgiveness. Wow. Just out of curiosity, can you read what 10 and 14 actually are, since Derek wanted them so bad? You have an annoying rival who always seems to get in your way or foil your plans, and your high school sweetheart ended up with your best friend, now ex-best friend. Oh, wow. So you had a chance of either being Ash Ketchum or Tommy Wiseau. Well, no, here's the best one. Um, Will had the option of the best one. Will, read number 20 on there. Number 20. Your dog can talk because it is native to a recursion where such an ability isn't unusual, though it was a shock to you when you first found out. (laughs) God damn it! Ah, No! I know. It's possibly the single best option. Um, So we're going to be throwing around a couple words here. Within the strange, there's this... Earth exists sort of as as a boat floating on a strange sea. And this sea is what's called the strange. It is a dark matter network that connects the entire universe together. And it's theoretically a method of faster than light travel. However... What it actually seems to do with Earth is it spawns off weird little not-quite-alternate universes called recursions, where the laws of physics kind of do what they want. So having established our odd, or in Cam's case, actually kind of dark background, (laughs) let's go, um, Will, your first up is your descriptor, Uh, so roll a d4, Okay, and... Let's see uh, what your party connection is for that. I got a three. Uh, you believe the mission would be a great way to learn more about the strange. Okay, well that doesn't connect you to any other members of the party, but that's a good place to start. Yep. Put a check mark there, and you use the uh, actually keep that D four on oh, the yeah, table. Yeah, keep that uh, Wes, let's see what you get. Two. You literally bumped into someone else on this adventure through sheer luck. <laughs> so who did you bump into? That's that's what I'm saying is let's go let's uh, let's interconnect okay. the party a little bit guys. Yeah, what sort of trouble were we were we were well you're doing like the, the the buddy cop thing and I'm basically wanting to play like a Ruby Rod esque like radio oh, DJ so I want to be a sidekick. Okay, <laughs> mark that down and write down Shane so next to it. Like Shane, let's uh, let's roll for your uh, descriptor. <laughs> okay, I have a feeling whammies are imminent. One. You're acting as a bodyguard for one of the other PCs. <laughs> Me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I already my sidekick <laughs> But it makes Can sense. Can we actually do that? Uh, I prefer if you actually connected with someone else. Uh, then, uh, okay. What, what if so, it's not a bodyguard? What if it's more like a parole officer? Because isn't Cam thinking of being sort of a thiefy scoundrel type? Yeah. Well, you got to remember, I just got out of prison. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, by maybe which I, you met. By each- which I mean my character. Maybe you met each other in prison then. Ah, yeah. Um, because well, would I really be a parole officer when I well, no, but, officer, no, you're a bodyguard. You're a bodyguard. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So. That work? Yeah, that works for me. Okay, so. mark off that uh, number one on your sheet. Right, Cam next to it. Uh, right. And Cam, let's. I really uh, want to four. Three. Living in the moment is part of being impassive, and the adventure began before you realized you'd become part of it. That's. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I leave that up to you, Cam, to figure out what the fuck it's about. Uh, I'll admit, Poker Face has some of the 
I, I, I was actually reading through their connections. I'm like, wow, these are really fucked up. Um, how do I connect that to Will? <laughs> so you, you're, you're living in the moment. Yeah. Oh, I could totally have met you getting like a body mod or something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I am not a straight-laced doctor. <laughs> if, if you wanted to, you know, have an iPod dock in your calf, I would definitely hook you up. Nice. <laughs> okay, so you have some kind of bizarre, like, low-level regular Earth body mod on you. Yeah. You have, like, like an LED mounted somewhere in your body or something like that. Yeah. Okay, let's go for your foci now. This is when things will really get amusing. Uh, I got one. Uh, pick one other PC. She seems to understand you and knows that you need your space and time alone to study now and again. Um, oh, who gets me? Um, now, this statement doesn't have to be true, right? This is, this is my they, character's perception of that. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Like, you think that they get you. I think they get me, but they may not, in fact. Because um, I'm trying to think who would be the worst possible choice for this. Uh, <laughs> Over-the-top DJ or the tough-as-nails cop. <laughs> um, I'm kind of thinking that I that my character misinterprets the, the professional distance slash, like, hard exterior of your character for a respectful relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Mark it down. And uh, so anytime I call him an asshole, it's just cheer- it's just charming and endearing. Exactly. Uh, uh, I altered Will's focus out of one that was originally written as uh, would rather be reading, and one of the ones in there is uh, I think it was number three on the list was um, one of the characters in the group reminds you uh, you think favorably of them because they remind you of someone from your favorite novel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what I get here. You got a, I got a four. four. Pick one other PC. This character is your biggest fan and loves everything you do. <laughs> oh yeah! Who's Don't the, even look at me. Don't. Who likes if Ruby you, Rod? If you want to be the Ruby Rod to my Corbin Dallas, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, you got to maintain that animosity. I, I'm gonna go it's with uh, to my character actually because like it would kind of be, it just I think it'd be really funny to have like the really sketchy guy in the group getting along. But beneath your steely demeanor, Cam, <laughs> you actually like morning radio. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna make my guy a little bit of a hipster, a little bit of trendy, maybe. <laughs> oh, God. It's what got you through those long days yeah. in the slammer. Yeah. <laughs> and like back when you were a free man, you know, before before you did a dime, every time you'd be leaving a heist in the wee hours of the morning, you knew you were safe when his voice came on the radio. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, Shane. Oh God. I'm just gonna say right now, I've read these. There's a fifty-fifty shot on this. One. Pick one other PC. In the recent past, while doing a little target practice, you accidentally winged him, leaving him badly wounded. It is up to that PC to decide whether he resents, fears, or forgives you. <laughs> okay, so I just for, for the... straight less. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think um, again, Ruby Rod to my Corbin Dallas. Yeah, there'd be a bit of resentment, I think, wouldn't there? Yeah, a little, no, more fear. Yes, more fear. definitely. Yeah, definitely more fear. And yet you're his sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) You shot me, man! You shot me! Sidekick. We basically just crossed the line from Batman and Robin to All-Star Batman and Robin. Ruby Rod, age 32. We are deep into the Millerverse. Okay, Cam. 
pick one other PC. That character provided vital information you needed to secure a peace deal between two warring states. We're going to assume they're two warring gangs in this case or something yeah. like that. And I think Shane. Shane? Okay, say, say it was like prison gangs kind yeah. of thing? Okay. Excellent. And now we get to the best part of this. Oh boy. That's not the best part. <laughs> so there, there is one more random factor in this game, and that's generating. It's supposed to be that the GM will actually assign them to the players, but I'm lazy. <laughs> and so instead, we've well established in the past how hilarious it is whenever we randomly generate shit. So we're going to randomly generate their magic items. Uh, these are called ciphers. Ciphers are one-use items of a supernatural nature that change based on what recursion you travel into. But they always do the same thing. They are one use, and they break the laws of physics. So, at the top of your sheet, you have a number of ciphers. I believe that Will has three, and the rest of the party has two. Yes. So you're going to roll that uh, percentile, and you're going to do it three times. First one, we have a 71. 71. You have a reflex enhancer. Oh, that's perfect. Um... Uh, what does it do? It enhances reflexes. Uh, when you activate it, you decrease the um, the difficulty of anything requiring manual dexterity by two. Hmm. And it is level, doesn't matter. All right, then. Make okay. another check. Here we go. Uh, I have a 49. 49. You have a melt-all. Oh, that I'm assuming sense. it does exactly what it sounds like. It does what it says on the tin. Melts all. Once released, this organic slime dissolves one cubic foot of material each round. After one round per cipher level... Okay, so it will last for three rounds. It's a level three. Uh, the slime dies and becomes inert. That's going to be the worst. Okay, it's let's... basically got the green ore from, from heavy metal. Yeah, a little bit. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm imagining it is green, but it's kind of like a temporary gray goo, I think. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, and then I got a 24. 24. You have an Enduring Shield, oh, sweet. which I'm assuming is some kind of force field. Yeah, these things are actually really fucking cool. And use them during the game. We, yes. um, oh, yeah. You will get more later. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. Enduring Shield. For one day, the wearer of the activated cipher enjoys all the benefits of... You get a minus one to the difficulty of all speed defense rolls. Okay. That's not bad. You can dodge things. Sweet. All right, then. Wes. Oh, let's see what happens here. All right. Looks like an 18. 18. You got a disguise module. Oh, perfect. Ooh. <laughs> what is a disguise module? I gotta for? stop doing that. I keep going ooh at every single cipher. Um, for the next hour, you are identical to those... Uh, your features are identical to those of someone you designate. This lowers the difficulty by two steps when you attempt to uh, disguise yourself as that person. Cool. And it lasts for an hour. And for the number two... I'll re-roll that because it's cocked. 36. You have a... Wait a minute, what? Um, it's a funny thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Creatures <laughs> with... Wait. Um. Did he break the game? Yes. <laughs> he had. He rolled the one magic item that breaks the game. Okay. Um. It's called a recursion collapsing grenade. Oh, what? 
within a pocket dimension or young recursion in which it is de- in which it is detonated if the level of the recursion is half the level of the cipher or less so it's a level one okay so if it's a level one recursion thank god um the recursion collapses Everything takes damage equal to the grenade's level and is immediately dumped directly into the strange. So your ruby rod with a vortex grenade. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, you got the off switch for. Wow. Okay. That's um. Okay. He's got a universe collapsing weapon. Of yeah, but it only collapses really small universes. He's so, got, he's got regardless, the... I am the best sidekick ever. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Well, um, Shane. My turn? Yeah. Okay. I don't think you can roll anything worse than that. <laughs> 27. 27. You have a focus hook. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> oh, shit. <laughs> That's really cool. Okay. okay. So you're going to want to keep this one around until you find something really awesome. Um... You can drag your focus from any recursion into the next recursion and retain it for as long as you remain in that recursion, even if it violates the laws of physics within that reality. Nice. So if you go to... um, I have read... Whenever characters enter another recursion, they translate into it. So rather than just sliding in like in sliders through a portal, they actually assume a portion of its own reality. It's like sliders meets quantum leap kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we can go to a recursion where Shane becomes the one true badass Santa Claus with guns, and then take that hook and bring it to Earth and become a real gun-toting Santa Claus. Yes. <laughs> I'm never playing any other game again. <laughs> so you okay, can tr- to be clear, to be clear, in my head, I'm thinking that this game is parts uh, Sliders, Quantum Leap, Doctor Who, X-Files, Fringe, and uh, last action hero, apparently. Last action hero, but also uh, Animaniacs. Mm. Animaniacs. Reboot. <laughs> and the Family Guy episode, Back to the Multiverse. Okay, roll. Or just let's see what this says. Moving on. Yeah, this is it's movie. definitely got some Rick and Morty to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, ooh, 57. 57. You have a multiphasic module. I don't know what that does. Sounds like something from Star Trek. Yeah. Our multi-phasic module uh, failed. For the next day, okay, you affix it to a weapon. Uh-oh. Um, for the next day, your weapon can affect out-of-phase, transdimensional, ethereal, and incorporeal creatures within the context of a given recursion. During that time, it also inflicts one additional point of damage with, on the target. So essentially, if you were to go to like, if you were to get dropped in like the Ghostbusters recursion, you could shoot ghosts. Yeah, it's a ghost scope. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that was... You got uh, actually really cool shit. <laughs> yes, uh, I did. Cam, let's see Cam if you got... Uh, um, 96. 96. Ooh. Ooh. You got a, I don't like the name of this thing. This is an ominous name. You got a Vanisher. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, you become invisible for 10 minutes. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, while invisible... You gain a minus two to the difficulty of all stealth and speed defense tasks. That's really cool. That actually works well with your concept. Yeah. Okay, roll again. 79. 79. You have a spying grenade. What does that mean? (laughs) 
I'm about to tell you. Let me look it up. Um, okay. It produces a small... Okay, technically speaking, there are two types of ciphers, one of which is supposed to take up a second, uh, two cipher slots instead of one. I'm going to ignore that in this case, just because it's funnier that way. Um, you have a grenade. The grenade essentially produces a little spy drone. It moves 1,500 feet. Uh, scans an area of about 50 feet, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Basically, you have a little, like, UAV spy drone grenade that's one off. Nice. Those are actually just perfect for... Yeah, those are quite fitting. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys actually got some really cool ciphers for your characters. Yes, we did. Fit. I'll be perfectly honest, when I heard Focus Hook, I was kind of thinking, like, the hook shot from Legend of Zelda for a second. It's way better than that. Way better. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Depending that's... on the focuses I get. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. But I know our GM will not steer us wrong. Okay, now, finally, I have to make sure that you all have names written down on your sheets. Not yet, but I can. Well, you should do that, Mr. Fancy Pants, with your fancy pants. Yeah. Also note, we only have... Oh, we have one pen and two pencils to go around this group. Yeah. All right, can I just get this? I just want to write down your name so I know them. Okay, Will, what's your name? <clears throat> I'm Dr. Ignatz Fritz. Okay, Wes? I am Caster Cage. Okay, do you have like a, um, like a radio thing? Yeah, the Cage Show. Of course. Yeah, when I have people in, I have them in cage matches. Of course. <laughs> Shane? My guy's name is Richter McCree. And Cam. Trent Williams. Mine is normal. <laughs> He's like, I have a normal name, guys. That's his power. He sounds like he's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy, guys. Okie dokie, fellas. So, we're going to start the game off now that we've got your odd character ties and your wacky magic items all done. So, at some point in your past, within the last couple years, you were all contacted and hired by an organization called The Estate. And what The Estate does, theoretically is it offers a bunch of research grants and works to advance the human condition and advance scientific research and stuff. Which is really weird when it comes to people who are totally not scientists at all and offers you a decent paying job and a place to live and they'll pay your bills and then they explain the true re uh, the truth of reality to you. They explain to you about the strange, about this weird multiverse connecting membrane except there's not really a multiverse it's these conceptual worlds that spawn off of earth except there are also other worlds out there like real honest to god alien worlds except they're all dead because what the estate explains to you is this when a civilization reaches a point 
where it can successfully tap into the strange and utilize even a portion of the strange's full potential. It pings the dark matter net, the dark energy network of the strange, of this old alien super travel network. And there are things out there that eat worlds. They call them planetovores. And they are the reason why there aren't any advanced alien civilizations in the galaxy. Or possibly the universe. Because they get eaten. So the estate basically exists to do things like keep Earth off the radar of the planetovores. Which also involves... Traveling to other recursions, studying their technology, studying how they interact with Earth, better understanding how the strange functions so that we can avoid doing things like that time we almost pinged a planet over to devour the planet. Back in, I think it was about, oh, the 90s. And we only barely survived because a brave researcher sacrificed himself and a bunch of his friends and made a whole other universe. It's called Ardun. It's based on an MMO they were making. No oh, shit. This is actually the backstory of the game. Oh my god. <laughs> they, uh, essentially, working quantum computing will risk pinging the strange in a way that will get a planet of war's attention. And a bunch of researchers accidentally got, did that. And then realizing what was going on, they used their quantum computer to upload an MMO they were also working on at the time into the strange and made its own reality. Huh. And then the planet of horror tried to invade that instead and got pushed back because all the researchers who went there turned out to be gods. Right, so there's a recursion out there that's basically World of Warcraft. Except it's based on Babylonian mythology. Okay, and they fought off a planet of horror. Yes. Or at least the minions of a planet of horror. Yeah, the agents thereof. And so these planet of horrors are kind of like... Galactus in a kind of they're, they're kind of like... That's the thing. They're all different. They all have different origins. Um, some of them are like Galactus. He of the giant purple booties who just shows up and eats a planet. Um, most of them tend to be more like swarm entities. Uh, like this one's the Kray. Um, the ones that almost invaded Earth were called the Kray, who look kind of like Zerg. Okay. And then the Planet of War is actually like their mother, their entity that they spawned out of. Right. Okay. Um, but there are also Planet of Wars that are, you know, giant robot sentiences like the Borg or what have you. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily just straight up munch on the planet. They, they might strip mine it for all its resources or they might just kill all life on it, etc. Yeah. So in a way, the Planet of Wars are intelligent life. Just Oh, they're intelligent. Yeah. Just not one of them. They're... And not necessarily even malevolent. They're just alien and hungry. And they don't always recognize that there is intelligent life because, you know... Yeah, tigers don't hate you, but you're just made out of delicious meat. Within the context of the game, one of the few planet of words that's actually listed by name is a weed. Ah. It's a really pernicious form of kudzu that was on a planet that got eaten by a planet of war, then it infested the planet of war, then it became the planet of war. I just went a little cross-eyed there. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) So they can effectively be anything from Galactus to the Langoliers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. To Cthulhu. 
Oh, wonderful. Probably literally. To a giant you head. You would so go there. To showing up in that with a giant head going, show me what you've got. <laughs> yes, that is entirely possible. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I will subtly try to push the game towards us having to get swifty. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on your pants. Take a shit on the floor. Take swifty. <laughs> the thing is that Shane has never actually seen Rick and Morty, so he oh, doesn't no. know what we're He's talking about. <laughs> well, he, he asked me yesterday. He says, you know, "Should I go watch it?" Yes. The episodes I'm going to have to study up. Just I, I will say this once: the Adult Swim app. You pay like seven bucks on iTunes every month. It comes out of your account. You get all of Rick and Morty plus Robot Chicken, Metalocalypse, and all the other Adult Swim. We're shows. now shilling for Adult Swim. Apparently, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love Adult Swim. They do good stuff. This is probably something for like between episodes. <laughs> 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 Unless Adult Swim actually does want to send us money, but let's not discuss Adult that Adult Swim, send us money. Please send us money. <laughs> send us money. <laughs> All right then, guys. So let's get into the game itself. So you were brought on board by the estate, and they revealed to you that you are quickened. Essentially, that within the population of Earth, everyone on Earth is truly sentient. They are actually independently intelligent organisms. Whereas when you go into other recursions, not everyone is. People, there are recursions that are primarily filled with people who are essentially video game NPCs. Where it's the guy in the shop who says, you know, hello, sir, you would like to buy some armor today. Excellent. You know, go through your transaction. And he's always in the shop. And you wonder, what the hell does this guy actually do in his life? He gets up in the morning. He stands behind a counter. He sells you armor at 8 p.m. every night. He goes upstairs and he goes to bed. And he gets up at 8 a.m. every morning and he gets up and he sells you armor. He is a function of the recursion rather than being an independent part of the recursion. Mm. Everyone on Earth is actually truly sentient, which also means that everyone on Earth has the potential, but is not necessarily quickened. When you're quickened, you can actually access part of the energy of the dark matter network. And that's what your character's special abilities represent. Especially you, Will, uh, yeah. who uh, Will is a paradox, which means that he can actually shape and interact with that dark energy. Specifically by his powers called Revisions, which lets him actually revise reality, to a minor extent, because I didn't give you any of the really damaging ones. That's okay, he's a doctor and a nice dude. Mm-hmm. You're an investigator more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Shane is the badass of the group. The yes. former cop who carries how many guns? Uh, I carry... What, what, to- what do we figure? I you had up to four weapons. We figured you had two guns, an extendable yeah. baton, and a taser. Well, actually, uh, now that I'm like an ex-con, instead of an extendable baton, could I have something like a knuckle duster? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Works for me. <clears throat> so then, we will go into this, and you're called into the estate campus. The estate is, I think it's about an hour's drive outside of Seattle. So you're in Washington State around this time of year, so it's actually decent over there. It's actually a prop you got a proper spring going, which means it's raining like shit, but at least everything's green. Mm-hmm. And the estate is laid out in actually like a university campus format. Uh, it's gated, there are walls, but inside there are a bunch of different buildings. And you're brought into the main administration building. And you guys all know each other. You've worked together a little bit in the past, but not a lot. I mean, you know each other all through your various connections to each other. But you're not necessarily best buds. Even though one of you is Wes's biggest fan. 
And this may actually be fairly inconvenient for some of you, because when the estate calls you, it's like an episode of Mask, getting the mask signal. is You drop what you're doing. At, it could be dangerous for people who are doctors. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm totally rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going uh, to leave these four steps in this guy. Yeah, tag out. <laughs> We're going to go to a commercial break for the next four hours. Talk to you later. Click. For as long as broadcast standards will allow us. I'm just just remembering that one bit from uh, SCTV where they uh, were parodying Ocean's Eleven. And the guy's, uh, Eugene Levy is this comic on stage who's like in the middle in the middle of his bit and then he hears whistling from out of nowhere and he's like gotta go could be a heist (laughs) (laughs) obscure reference (laughs) very Canadian reference yes oh yeah (laughs) and you're uh, directed to go up to the office of director Lawrence Keaton and Lawrence is the chief of investigations for the estate and it's about 10.30 in the morning. You open up the door. You know, you knock on the door. He says, come in. And he's got a really nice plush office. Very modern looking. You know, this looks... Um, doesn't look like the office of the chief investigating officer for the estate. It looks like a Google exec's office. You know, it's got the... Then my character arrives via the slide. <laughs> I said office, not the Google, not the Google exact cubicle farm. I suppose. <laughs> so, like, I'm kind of thinking like the very your stereotypical, like you know, plush mahogany stuff, like the nice sniffer of brandy to the side to entertain guests. No, I, I what what I mean is more like more the, sh- like like white, very and white, and like steel yeah. and flat. Yeah, and exactly. That very thing Apple would sell. Yeah. If oh, so Apple owned Ikea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Minimalist. <laughs> okay. With, like, the little desk, um, the little desk toys where uh, they're, they're basically just made light of, like, steel rods mm. going back and forth. There is, however, a stifter of brandy off to the side. I go and help myself. <laughs> He's already helped himself. <laughs> when you come in, Keaton's already got a stifter of brandy on the desk, and he's flicking through reports on the, uh... On the big touchscreen embedded in the surface of the desk. Oh yes, uh, it's come in. Okay, yeah, sure. Help yourself. It's it's uh, it's eight a.m. somewhere. I think that's what I'm supposed to say. I don't know. I'm a drunk. I, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna help myself, man. Because this, I, I the, the guy. Oh man, he was a mess, man. Motorcycles to don't motorcycles. Am I right, guys? Well. I appreciate you all coming in on such short notice. We have a bit of a situation that's just come up, and unfortunately, I don't have any field teams on site that I can send out to deal with it right now. So you're it. <clears throat> have a seat. What do you gentlemen know about spiral dust? Not a damn thing. What do I know about spiral dust? I am trained in strange lore. You know what? Let's make the first roll of the game. I'm going to call it a difficulty... I'm going to call it difficulty four, but you'll reduce it down to a difficulty of three because you've got strange lore. Beautiful. Here we go. I got a 15. Oh, fantastic. So basically when I give them a difficulty, multiply the difficulty... Difficulty goes from one to ten. Technically goes from zero to ten. If it's zero, you don't even need to make a roll. Um, 
Multiply the difficulty by three, and that's the number they need to exceed. So, bang on. You're good. You, Will, would know that Spiral Dust is one of the hottest new street drugs. It is a blue powder that induces feelings of intense euphoria, a semi-out-of-body experience, but most notably, addicts acquire a blue tinge to their eyes, and their pupils... um, Mutate into a weird little fractal pattern. Ooh, cool. So, Dr. Fritz pulls out a little blue baggie. Uh, it's pretty good stuff, man. You just, um, <laughs> you, just you don't want to smoke it, but like, you rub a little on your gums. Ooh. Wait. Are you serious? Keaton takes a really long breath. This is, it's, it's like a, like a, barely a gram or two. Uh, you know, I, is it good? Like, like well, I'm no, always going to try new things. Long term effects. We're still like I was still testing them, but they're not really. Good. We don't know what the long term effects are, but we do know that it's dangerous. I yeah, just, exactly. I just look at Cage with my hand on my gun, going, "Don't you fucking dare!" <laughs> look, look, I've got to take something to self medicate after you shot me. Oh yeah, I did that. The man is. He just has a big damn smile it. on his face now. Yeah, see, see. But, listen, uh, so listen. you're you're saying this stuff this stuff comes from elsewhere, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was figuring. Give it here. Oh man! Fine. Send it down to research. Where do you think I got it? Yeah. 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 Rick, no, he reaches no, over and he presses his intercom. This is Rector just looks at man. Cheryl, put a note in my memo to talk to Doctor Benson down in research. Put a note in the security chief's memo to have someone go down and have an immediate word with Doctor Benson in research. Thanks. Sorry, boss. Richter just looks across at at our doctor and just makes quote quote marks in the air with his fingers. Yeah, research. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, accident. Air quotes. So, uh, where do you want us to? You believe whatever you want to believe, man. We had an agent named Brandon Walters in Vancouver who was investigating a spiral dust uh, ring. He's turned up dead under some... Well, I'm going to use the words mysterious circumstances because, quite honestly, I don't have a fucking clue what happened to him. But he showed up in the morgue, and there are some questions around his death. I don't have any teams in Vancouver right now. I need you guys to go up there. We have a stringer in the morgue named John Teller. He'll get you in. Take a look at the body. Take a look at what they have. Toss his apartment... Find out what he knew, and see if you can find out what happened to him. Anything right else? away, man. Uh, Anything else? Try not to get arrested. Try not to take illegal, mysterious substances that come from another reality. What's how you make it not mysterious? Uh, you have no you sure you want to be back. specific enough to say another reality? You might want to include this one. I've seen this guy. Okay, one time, one time, I mixed. I'm up. not talking about you. Well, I am now. Uh, so, boss, uh, you, you have like any files or anything on this guy? Like what he was looking at? Uh, we have some information, but he hadn't reported back. He hadn't sent his report back in about a week. He was due to report soon. So, a lot of what he's found, I suspect, is probably still in his possession. Cool. 
Here are your plane tickets. All right. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, no. He's actually got you flying first class uh, to Vancouver with a uh, quote-unquote diplomatic pouch that you'll uh, be putting your gear into. Ah, good. Okay, that's better. (laughs) On the grounds of, you know, not being arrested for carrying firearms into a foreign country. Because we get a little bit touchy about that here in Canada. Yeah, a little bit. Plus all the various mysterious objects that we'd hate for some random TSA agent. And like a whole bucket of weird blue dust. Like, oh, what's this green ball? Melt all. Just like a thing of thieving equipment. Why do you have this grenade? What does this grenade do? You don't want to press that. No, no. You don't want to press that. Oh, press. Congratulations, genius. You just blew up reality. It wouldn't work on Earth, thank God. (laughs) Perhaps a a small-scale protonic inversion. (laughs) I swear, if I get, like, a level one really annoying incursion, I'm just going to be like, you know what? No! (laughs) I'm not doing that. It's my portable large hadron collider. (laughs) You know where we're not? The universe. (laughs) I'll tell you where we're not. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> so he's already got us set up, and I don't need to use travel visas and documents. Well, you have Not your yet. multiple fake travel yeah. visas and documents that state that you're definitely someone else entirely. And not an ex-con who was put in jail. What were you in jail for anyway, Cam? Um, or at I'm, least what were you in jail for the last time that you were in jail? I want to say I was on this job stealing a painting, and I was an idiot, and I used to be like a tagger on the street, so I left like a little calling card, <laughs> as in spray painted where the painting was. Somehow imagine you like leaving like a giant like penis or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> you steal Whistler's mother, you leave a dick butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just for the sake of like character relations, my character actually met Cam's character in prison. Took a liking to him because he wasn't a complete douche and now basically just watches his back when we go on this stuff like this. I'm just asking because, like, won't they get suspicious if I have multiple travel yeah. documents of different different diplomatic pouches? So, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, okay. the, the, there is in fact a, dip, a quote unquote diplomatic pouch. Don't ask. Yeah. Just don't ask. So, effectively, I'm the dean to his Sam. Yeah? <laughs> I don't want to be Sam. You don't want to be Sam. Bad things happen to Sam. Uh, bad things happen to Dean. For- <laughs> yeah, but they're more slightly sensible bad things. He ended up in purgatory and needed a vampire to get him out. Who doesn't? Yeah, just, that just sounds like my Tuesday night, to be honest. I know, right? <laughs> so we got a plane to catch. I had a joke about plane tickets, but we're kind of past that now. <laughs> for, Se- for Dean Winchester... Going to purgatory was the worst day of his life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Ah, uh, oh, well, Julia. I very nice. <laughs> so you guys head off to SeaTac and fly out to Vancouver International. It doesn't take you very long. You pass through customs. You have your strange diplomatic pouch where you just... You put everything into it and so somebody at the airport collects it. And you get it at the other end in Vancouver. And you're not 100% sure what happened to it in the meantime, but all your stuff is still in there. Don't ask. Don't ask? Don't yeah, ask. agreed. Nope. Good thing oh. I stored some blunts in there. Uh, Wes, actually, give me a roll. I just... What do you want me to roll? Um, do you have anything regarding hiding or no, disguise? but I have a lock pool. Okay, I want to see if you get noticed at the airport or not. Okay. Mm. Oh, God. If you get recognized. Five. 
I like blurred out his name or something. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. Uh, so you guys are checking in, and one of the stewardesses is like, "You're you seem really familiar." Oh my god, are you Caster Cage? Why? Yeah, is she hot? Sure. Okay, sure. Wait uh, a minute. Roll. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, damn it. Cool. Um, so I have this uh, thing called enthrall. Uh, when you talk, you completely hold one person's attention. Uh, I can basically do it for free because. Um, yeah, you have a you have an intellect edge of one. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ka- I'm Caster Gage. What's your name? And I immediately start schmoozing her. Yeah. And... Um, you start to attract a little crowd of people. <laughs> I, I, I'm a sycophant. I don't care. <laughs> you schmooze. Yeah, I schmooze. <laughs> I get as many phone numbers as I can. Okay, then. <laughs> and they go to my smartphone. Yeah, um, you get a call just before you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your station manager. Hey, how's it going? Caster, why am I seeing 50 photos of you at SeaTac right now oh, on no. a flight to Vancouver? I, it's okay, it's okay. I, I gotta go to rehab. Just, just make some cover story up, okay? Persuasion? I have persuasion. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call him a level four, so you need a 12 or higher. How about a 19? Ooh. <laughs> yes, and you get a, uh, a minor effect out of that one. So... Pay raise? <laughs> let's say you at least will get paid while you're on your rehab story. Sure. Rehab <laughs> it's, it's sick leave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm on you, vacation. You and managed, if anyone asks, I'm also on smack. <laughs> <laughs> you managed to convince him to put you on leave. Fantastic. <laughs> you get on the plane, you get into first class, you fly to Vancouver, and nothing really odd happens on the plane. Aside from all that. <laughs> Unless someone wants to make something odd happen, your flight is uneventful. You know what? I'm realizing that uh, Wes's original concept was essentially to be Ruby Rod from the Fifth Element, but right now I'm getting more of a vibe that he's like Laszlo from Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> kind of morphing a little bit. Yeah, well, it's first session, you know. That yeah. always happens with characters. Yeah, You're not Chris Rock enough. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but who is? But really, to, to be fair, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, to, to be fair, you you are large and and, and very white, <laughs> very white. If I was any more white, I'd be clear. <laughs> no, if you were any more white, you'd be Steve. <laughs> we love you, Steve. Oh God. And I'm actually going to call it there. I'm going to call it a little bit early for this game, but there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the next episode. This was effectively our prelude. Yeah. This was your prelude. This was introduce these characters, get your character ties, get your magic items. Give you a basic run-through on the system, and then get you going on your quest to adventure as you fly off into the far northern lands of Canada. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! So I hope you enjoyed this first episode of The Strange. I'm Darren the Bard from Chasing Muse. I've been your GM for this evening, and to my left... Will Mitchell. Wes Gunn. Champion Skrill. Cameron Dunn. Come on back next time, where things are going to get a little bit stranger. Be seeing you. Terrible Warriors is a production of The Terrible Warriors. And now we've got four active campaigns. Four of them. Count them. We've got Worldwide Wrestling, the RPG's Monday Night War returning on Monday, followed by Nightbane Part 2, then Embers of the Jedi with Derek the Bard also running that game, and then The Strange, another long-form game. Uh, have I lost you yet? 
If you're confused as I am about the order and the schedule release of all of our campaigns that we now have actively running, head to TerribleWarriors.com, click on Schedules. It's a new section of the website so you can see which games are coming out when. If it's on the calendar, it's been recorded, so it will be released in the order. Next week, we go short form with Monday Night War on Monday and Nightbane on Thursday. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors. Let us know how much we're screwing up your schedule by emailing us at feedback at terriblewarriors.com. Feedback is really, really nice to get. It's just, it's the best. It's really great. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Terrible Warriors. <laughs>